Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, as always, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, also remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, though, let me say hi. Hope that you guys are having a fantastic Tuesday night. Hope that you guys are enjoying the All-Star Game if you are into baseball while you are also tuning into primetime. If you are, I appreciate it. If you are just tuning into primetime, I also I uh, appreciate it. Thanks so much for being here. Shout out to Toxic Tom, Katharina, El Pipiripao, Stephen White, Tommy. Let's see uh, who else. Uh, Marcus Jones, who is celebrating his 29th birthday tonight by tuning into primetime. So, Marcus, man, that means the world to me. Congratulations on turning 29. Hope that you are having an absolute blast, man. Toxic Tom says, Mo, he was robbed. What are we talking about here, Toxic? Who was robbed? What am I missing? Let me know in the chat. Let me know in the chat. What are you talking about? Who was robbed? Are we talking about the home run derby? Are we talking about something in the all-star game? Let me know in the chat. We're talking Cowboys as always tonight. We are talking about the Cowboys and we are diving into a topic that I had been looking into since about two weeks ago. I finally was able to publish the article for adcsports.com. And what I did was from an NFL perspective, I wanted to dive into the top five red zone offenses of last year. Now, I had a hidden motive behind that. And you, you might guess it right away. The Cowboys were actually the number one offense inside the 20-yard line last season. And as we get ready to enter a new season in which Mike McCarthy is going to be calling the shots, Brian Schottenheimer is going to be installing the run game, I'm looking forward to seeing a different way of doing things. But I do worry about how the Cowboys are going to fare in the red zone, because I do believe we got to give Kellen Moore some credit regarding what the Cowboys did inside the 20-yard line. The Cowboys were pretty creative, and they were pretty good executioners when knocking on the door of the opponent. Particularly, what I did in that article, though, was break down the secret of each of those red zone offense units, right? So, for example, for the Chiefs, I mean... There's really no secret to speak of. They've got Patrick Mahomes. They've got Andrew Reed. But I pointed out the fact that 
they still used shotgun looks at an 81% rate when inside the 20-yard line. That was the second highest rate in the NFL uh, for the Lions. It was a little bit of everything, but it started with the way that their run game was set up uh, with the Eagles because they were number three in the NFL last year in red zone touchdown scurring percentage. I dove into a, let's face it, very cool Jalen Hurts stat that you can check out over at adcsports.com slash NFL if you want to dive into that. However, I, I want to say that for the Cowboys, the reason why, one of the reasons, because there, there were many of them, but the, the thing that I zeroed in for uh, when trying to break down their secret is the way that their run game was set up. We've talked about this at length here on Primetime, but the Cowboys did a lot of stuff with Kellen Moore calling the shots. That came with some negative stuff, a lot of negative stuff, but when it came to running the football, they just had so many concepts to choose from. Now, that might sound like a good thing, but it isn't necessarily a good thing because it means that you're doing a lot of stuff and you're not practicing one style of run plays. You're not specializing on the one thing. That's nothing new when talking about Kellen Moore. He always was somebody that did things in very different ways, and he didn't have that clear-cut identity. Still, it was a positive in the red zone. It's, it's fair to look at it in an objective way and say, while it didn't work out necessarily in other areas, the Cowboys finished with a very low ranking in rushing EPA per play. I think they were actually bottom 12 in that area when the season was over. However, inside the 20, they led the NFL in success rate when using gap skin runs, which think about pulling guards and, you know, man-to-man -man blocking and zone runs. Both of them, they led the NFL. And it was a very diverse running scheme that the Cowboys showed in the red zone, and it ended up working for them. I think that's going to change in 2023 for the Mike McCarthy Cowboys. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is important to note that one of the things that they were very successful with might change next season. Why do I say that it will change? Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer have not given us many insight into what the offense will look like in 2023, but they have told us that they're going to be specializing on outside zone. And that doesn't necessarily tell us their full plans, but it does go to show that the Cowboys running game is likely to be way more focused on the one thing. And I like that from an overall perspective, but inside the 20-yard line, I do hope that they keep some of the versatility and variety that they showed in 2022. I hope that they don't shy away from any of that. And by the way, that versatility and that variety does not come just by running zone or running counter or running other gap schemes. It comes from personal groupings, formations, and even personnel, I will say. For example, personal groupings, we saw the Cowboys use a lot of 13 personnel, 14 personnel inside the 20-yard line. And I hope that the new coaching staff quote-unquote new, is able to keep that aspect of Kellen Moore's offense. I, I, that's something that I really hope 
that we get to see in 2023. Russell says, Mo, you're digging too deep into it, says Russell. Hey, that, that's what I like to do. I like to get into the numbers. I like to break down how, how things look like. I like the tape and everything. So I'm having fun with some of these numbers and, and, and touching on storylines that I believe are, are pretty fun. And I believe it, they're re relevant too. Let's see some of your thoughts though. Guru says, we will run uh, a lot more swings and flat passes to the running backs in the pass game. That will help in the red zone too. Second and two is a Stephen White. Hunter Lipke is a Stephen White. Oh, Hunter Lipke. I'm really looking forward to seeing how involved he is as a rookie. There's still this Stephen Jones quote that kind of stood out a few uh, last month. I think it happened last month when they asked him about adding a bigger running back. First name out of his mouth was Hunter Lipke. So I wonder if we look at Hunter Lipke as a fullback while the Cowboys look at him more of as a versatile back. And maybe we see him be the guy in short yardage situations. I would love to see something like that. It would be fun. It would be quite fun. Uh, shout out to Katharina says, we were number one last year too. Tommy says, he cost us two straight playoff games. Mo says, Tommy and I won five. Hey, by the way, just got to say, this is not a show in which I'm trying to to put Kellen Moore in a pedestal. Not what I'm trying to do. Not, not to worry, Tom. And I want five. Hunter cannot block. He's not John Kuhn, says Daguru. I think, I think he did block. I think, I think he does pro, uh, project as a player that might be able to block in the NFL. Not saying that it's a certainty. That's why he went as a UDFA. But I think that he's got the tools to become a blocker in the NFL. Guru says, new play calling will run more 12 personnel and 13 personnel looks. That should work versus the Niners next playoff time. Sick down to rookie weight, says Russell Dyer. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know we had an update on six weight, but I appreciate it. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, before we move on, though, with tonight's show, who do you think? And this is where I'm going to get into what the 2023 red zone offense, how, how it could really make up for that variety, maybe in the running game. Oh, shout out to John, who says Katharina is a new grandma mo. Shout out to Katharina, who doesn't miss a single primetime show over on Facebook. Congratulations for becoming a grandma. That, that's the perfect one cool thing. We're going to have the one cool thing, by the way, later on the show. But I'm glad John didn't wait to share the news. That's so awesome. Congratulations to Katharina. Uh, but anyways, before we move on into talking a little bit about the red zone offense in 2023, I have a question for you. There's C.D. Lamb. There's Michael Gallup. There's Brandon Cooks. There's a group of three tight ends that anyone could end up with a starting job, right? I mean, it's likely going to come down to two of them. There's Pollard, there's Lipke, there's Prescott himself. Now, let's exclude Prescott, though, from this conversation. Who do you think is the Cowboys? Who do you think is the Cowboys' best red zone weapon entering the 2023 season? Let me know in the chat who is your pick. And before I give you mine, let me talk to you about our friends over 
at freemanmazda.net. Because as always, I'm here to remind you to check out their wide range of new and used vehicles, which you can find out over at their dealership in Irving, Texas, or through their website at freemanmazda.net. In there, you can check out pictures of every single one of their cars. You can check out each of their features. And as we do around this time here on the show, we also dive into the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. In this case, we're going to be talking about the 2023 Mazda CX-5 2.5S Select All-Wheel Drive. This one has a blind spot monitor. It's got rain-sensing wipers. Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, a fuel economy of 24 miles per gallon in the city. That goes up to 30 when you are on the highway and it starts at $30,545. You can check it out over at freemanmazda.net or you can check out their dealership in Irving, Texas once more. That is the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. Check it out, freemanmazda.net. Who's the best red zone weapon for the Cowboys? Let's see what you've got. Let's see what you've got. Have a nation with the first answer. He says CV. John goes with Pollard. Tom915 goes with Pollard. Russell with some love for Michael Gallup. Lance Bell also going with a wild card. He says Jake Ferguson. Toxic says Dak, but I don't think that's fair. We, we, we cannot go with a QB here. We, we can't. Toxic. Gregory says Pollard. Russell goes with Ferguson. Katharina says that it's Brandon Cooks. Interesting gans were there. Because I think that Cooks, uh, I thought that he was going to get more votes. But I also realized why some people wouldn't vote for him. Based on the fact that he uh, his best game will probably come before the red zone. I have not dived into his numbers inside the 20-yard line. That would be interesting to do. Lamp for Hobby. Gallup for Daryl. Let's see here. Tight ends and Lamp, says Jeremiah. I'm going to stick even though, let's see, CD. Oh, Bruce, Bruce has a right answer. He says Mazda CX-5 for red zone scores. Yeah, if you get it over at the premium Mazda, that's, that's definitely the answer. Double R asked again for the question. The question was, who's the best red zone weapon? Excluding excluding the QB, excluding Dak Prescott. Because that would be too, too much of an easy question, right? Like if you include Dak, it's over. I'm going to go with, C, with CD. I'm tempted to go with a generic tight end. And by that, I mean whoever ends up being the starter be it Jake Ferguson or Luke's Kuhnmaker. But I don't want to do that because, one, it sucks that we really don't know who's the number one guy. And two, I just think that's C.D. Lamb right now. I think C.D. deserves that title as of right now. Because you get in the red zone and defenses have to be worried about number 88. The way that he played last year, he proved that he is a guy that you can double up and you will still be in trouble. He proved that he can be a vertical threat. So even in the high red zone, when you're in the 20-yard line or the 15-yard line, he is going to be a threat to score right away. And he can also make some deal some damage after the catch. 
with those underneath routes. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with CB Lamp as the biggest threat inside the red zone. Because I think he is the guy that will be dictating coverages as well. Let's see here. Will we uh Javi Nation says we will we, excuse me, will we be running the ball more than passing? If that question refers to the red zone specifically, not entirely sure what to expect there. That's a good question. However, if we're talking overall, I am 100% convinced that the Cowboys will be a pass-happier team with McCarthy calling the plays. And yes, I know that he has said that he wants to run the football more, blah, blah, blah. But I'm telling you, McCarthy, when he called a place in Green Bay, he had one of the pass-happiest offenses in the NFL. And although Aaron Rodgers was the one throwing the football, I think that McCarthy knows what he's got in Dak Prescott. McCarthy has historically been a very pass-happy coach. Yes, he runs the West Coast offense, and yes, Maybe he won't have this downfield Eric Coriel offense. It will be more of a West Coast thing going on. But McCarthy likes to pass the football. And the numbers are there to prove it, man. The numbers are there to prove it. Between 2010 and 2015, I think he was either number one or number two in the NFL in pass rate and then... 2016 to 2018, even though things went stale for him there in Green Bay at the end, he was also top two in the NFL in early down passing rate. I think we're going we're gonna to get that. Bruce says, but Mo, short passes are included as part of the run game, says Bruce. I disagree. I, if, we're, if we get theoretical about the game of football, Bruce, I agree that a quick game and I do think we're going to see a lot of quick game, but I agree that a quick game can be theoretically an alternative for your running game. And I don't believe that you should focus on both the quick game and the run game, right? Because it would be redundant. I agree in that sense. However, even short passes are more efficient overall than just running the football, right? Like, if you look at EPA per play, et cetera, I, I think the Cowboys are still going to be more aggressive with McCarthy calling the plays. I get what you're saying, though, and I agree with it from a theoretical point of view. But I will say short passes are not the same as quick game. Just going to share that opinion. Short passes is, you know, well, duh, a short pass. <laughs> I know how dumb that sounded, but what I mean is a short pass can be a three-step uh, three drop while a quick game is maybe like one hitch, throw the football, right? It's different. Russell says, I think Cooks will be at 1,200 yards this year, says Russell. Hopefully, man. Man, I, I really want to see Brandon Cooks go off because Cooks has being to, up to some point very underrated in his NFL career. And I believe that's because he's been a journeyman, but a different type of journeyman. Like he's, he's fallen in some very specific situations that have made him 
jump around multiple teams. Screen something is what Bruce is talking about. Yeah, exactly. Like a screen could be a quick game type of play. I agree with it, with all of that. Yeah. But if you look at the numbers though, don't look, don't think that the Green Bay Packers were one of the past happiest teams because they used screens. Because I don't think that was the case. We could look into that and it could make for a fun conversation later in, in the offseason. But if you look at, the, at those offenses for Mike McCarthy and Green Bay, they, they did throw the football in more ways than just screen passes and things like that. John says, has Philly lost enough players to favor Dallas to win the NFC East? Man, that's a good question. That's a good question because I will say no. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know who's my pick to win the NFC East this year. But I would understand why uh, Philly is still favored, at least in the betting world, to win the NFC East again. And listen, as fun as that statistic about no team repeating in the NFC East since 2004, I don't think that it will have any sort of weight in 2023. I had one coach who usually said, man, th th that, those type of stats are not playing safety on the field. They don't matter that way. And I kind of agree with him in that sense. Uh, I will say that the thing about the coaches, and we've talked about it here on Primetime, and I know that I'm going off topic here, but I don't care. We'll do that before we get into, into the one cool thing of the year, of, of the week, excuse me. I will say that the coaches thing might be overblown by us. It might be. I'm not saying that offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators don't matter because they obviously do. And I think that Nick Sirianni does face a very interesting challenge since it's the first time that he lo loses his guys, his play callers. But I will say that there were pretty, there are pretty solid replacements in Philly. Like Brian Johnson, he's not a nobody. And he was raised within the same system. So the Eagles are not really even going to change what they do on offense, what they do on defense. The play caller is not going to be there, and that's going to matter. I'm not saying that it won't have an impact. I'm just saying that's the kind of problem that you want to have in the NFL. If you're building a winning franchise, having coordinators leave for head coaching jobs is the kind of problem that you want. It's different from what the Cowboys would be facing if Dan Quinn left. Because Dan Quinn was not raised in Dallas, right? So if, if, if Quinn leaves, it's going to be tough to, to feel like there's a replacement in there that has grown with the system, etc. There might be somebody, uh, but I do think it's different from what the Eagles did. I'm just giving them some respect. I don't know who I'm picking to win the NFC East just, just yet. Uh, you guys know that here on Prime Time, we're gonna when the moment comes, the predictions are gonna be unbiased. Uh, I even pick games against the Cowboys when the season is being played, not because I want them to lose, just because I'm giving you my unbiased thoughts. And then on Sunday, I'm rooting hard for the Cowboys, right? But still, I don't think that the coordinators leaving town is as big of an issue as we sometimes make it out to be. It is an issue. It is a problem. 
But again, that is the kind of problem that you want in the NFL. And regarding talent, I still think they're very talented. I, I still think they have one of the best, the, the best offensive line in football. I think that their playmakers are top-notch. And I think that what they've got going with that running game, led by Jalen Hurts, is pretty impressive. So just giving them some respect there. They do, at the end of the day, from a football point of view, kind of respect, uh, kind of deserving. I know that we hate the Eagles and all of that, but I'm not going to turn this into a show in which we just crap on the Eagles all the time. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> Tommy on one five says, Mo, you give too much respect to Philly and Kellen Moore. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just a few more thoughts, though, uh, on the red zone offense. I think that CD Lamp is the... I think that the Cowboys are going to be better off banking on the passing offense when they do get inside the 20-yard line than in the running game. Because I, I think that the Cowboys have the type of offense that he can really just spread out and put defenses under a lot of stress. And I do agree with those of you who said in the chat earlier that we should see more of Dak Prescott running using his legs. I agree with that. I couldn't agree more. I have been calling for that for years now. I think that if you were the Cowboys, you can run read option type stuff at a very high rate, especially in short yardage situations, in goal line situations. Use the plus one that you can have in the numbers game versus NFL defenses. You have a mathematical advantage if you involve Prescott's legs. And I would love to see that at some point. I have not. I do not have high expectations for that to happen because I'm slowly giving up on ever seeing that. But I would love to see more of Dak Prescott on the move when the Cowboys are inside the red zone. And that does not only go for read option type plays. That also goes for rollouts, play action passes, uh, you know, bootlegs type stuff. I would love to see a lot of that. And not only in the red zone, but also in third and ones, fourth and ones, that type of stuff. I think that it could be pretty special, especially if the Cowboys start adding a fullback to the mix. I think they could come up with very interesting combinations to use inside the red zone. And the Cowboys do use RPOs. They, they, they do use the RPOs. Uh, maybe I, I would like to see more of that. Different type of RPOs too. And I do understand the concerns, though. Uh, the guru says, I don't want Dak wrestling and breaking his ankle again. I do agree with that. Uh, that. That's the concern. But I would still use Dak Prescott running the football. I would. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, though, on this Tuesday night, we have not done this in a while. Uh, it's going to be like three weeks now. I think even more. Now that I think about it, I think that it's been almost a month since we've done the one cool thing because we didn't have Tuesday shows over the last couple of weeks. And if I'm not mistaken, the week before that, we were not able to fit in the one cool thing of the week. I might be wrong, but I do think that's what happened. No, actually, I remember it. <clears throat> we have gone three consecutive weeks without a Tuesday show because the week before my dad uh, passed away, 
we also did not have a Tuesday night show. I remember now. So let's enjoy this one cool thing of the week. It's been a month since we've done one. For those of you who are new to the show, this is how it works. It is pretty simple. I ask you, what's your one cool thing of the week? And you tell me that. It can be sports related. It can be non-sports related. Something personal, professional, whatever you want it to be. Let me know what is your one cool thing of the week. Let's see what you guys have to say. Katharina says that you are back, Mo. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that my seventh grandbaby, oh, seventh grandbaby was born today. Congratulations to Katharina. Congratulations on that. Uh, cool thing of the week is Mo coming back. Ah, oh, come on. I, I appreciate it. Thank you, John. Gregory says, absolutely. The coolest thing is the Dodgers are back in first place. There you go, Gregory. I'm not going to say that's cool, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. Tom and I want five says, I've got 46 overtime hours coming on my check this week. Let's go. Let us know what you do with those 46 overtime hours, Tommy. Lauren Michael says, I cannot wait to see Overshone and Island in camp. One cool thing is saving my money by potty training my kid. Says Bruce Toxic says, my Baltimore Orioles have more all-stars than the $277 million New York Yankees. What a time to be alive. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to ignore that. The Guru says, Mo being back in the house. Thank you. Thank you, Guru. Double R says, my drain didn't get clogged from, from, oh man, what? My drain didn't get clogged from my woman shaving the kitty cool thing. All right. Lance Belt's okay. My cool thing is crazy. All right, let's go. Paid off my SUV on 6.30, June 30th. Daughter totaled it on the 3rd of July. No injuries. Worried because she wasn't on policy insurance company decided to give me full payment today. That was crazy indeed, Lance. That was a roller coaster right there. My one cool thing of the week. I am still breathing, says Gilbert. Let's go. Splendid Joey Bella says, One cool thing, my oldest daughter just came down for the summer the day before yesterday. Glad to be with her and spend time together. Come on, Tommy. <laughs> Come on, Tommy. Uh, Guru says, I thought there was something wrong with my subscription with, with my ADC subscription when there was no Mo. I'm glad to be back as well. And that's part of my one cool thing as well. Uh, let me give you mine. I have been waiting for a while to give you this one. And I wanted to give it to you in a way that you would be scared, but I forgot to load up a graphic or something like that. I was going to show... A picture of an x-ray of a child in her mother's belly and just kind of played as you know for, for you to get your imagination going before revealing that I'm gonna be an uncle I'm gonna be an uncle uh, my brother's having a kid a girl actually we now know it's a girl he's having a girl towards the end of December and I'm obviously very excited about that it obviously comes at a very, it obviously has very good timing. Sorry, I'm getting emotional out of nowhere. It obviously has very good timing for my family. And I'm very excited to be an uncle. 
Uh, it's going to be the first of the family. Uh, we're It's three brothers. It's me and two brothers. And then on my sister-in-law's side of things, it's also going to be the first kid. So it's going to be very exciting. She is going to be spoiled. She is going to be so spoiled, man, and it's going to be so fun. Uh, but anyways, she's going to be called Rene Alejandra. So I'm excited about that. That's my uncle think of the week. Jose says, make sure that she is Dallas Cowboys for life. Man, I I would love for that to happen, my, but my brother is a die-hard Broncos fan. Gregory says, I thought that you were you were gonna say that you were going to be a daddy. That that was gonna be the idea. That's how I wanted to, to prank you, to put it one way, but I forgot to load up the picture and everything. That would have been funny as heck. That that was my plan, my original plan, but I didn't want to push it one more week just because I didn't load up their graphic. Rene Alejandra deserves better than that. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for your congratulations. Uh, congratulations to my brother. Obviously, I'm going to let him know. And thank you, Charlene. Thank you for uh, sharing that your one cool thing is us being back here on primetime. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of your support. Um, this week has been fun. It's been fun getting back on primetime. We still have two more shows, of course. <laughs> Come on, talks. Man, what what what's going on with the YouTube chat? Toxic Tom, you won't believe me, but I've never been to one. That's all I'm going to say. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. Do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Uh, thanks so much for all of your congratulations messages right there. I appreciate it. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central, to talk some more Cowboys football. And we're also going to talk more about the Freeman Mazda ride of the week. Y'all are losing it in the chat. <laughs> Thank you to Freeman Mazda for presenting the show. I appreciate it. And I will see you el día de mañana. Muchísimas gracias. Nos vemos mañana. Bye-bye.